Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Good morning to you. It's nine minutes after nine o'clock. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in. It is a sunny day. It's going to be warm. Not that warm, but uh, warm. 107, 108 right right in there. And uh, it's going to be hazy. And the haze isn't from clouds or a storm. The haze is from all those fires in California. Nice of California to share their citizenry and now their smoke with us, huh? If you're from California, don't get mad at me. I'm just kidding around. Uh, but And actually, truthfully, you know, these uh, wildfires that are burning in California are a tragedy. And we hope that uh, we hope that we get some rain in not, not only here, but in California as well. And we can uh, the firefighters who are working so hard and so diligently to put these fires out uh, that uh, hopefully they can get a little bit of help from Mother Nature. There is a storm uh, supposed to come in tomorrow night late and we might get be a little stormy Sunday and Monday, but they're, they're only putting their chance of rain at 10 to 20 percent, which scares me. That means we get clouds, maybe even lightning, but no, no moisture. So that's not not necessarily a good thing. It is a Friday, open line Friday. Give me a call if you want to be on the show at 673-5890. Uh, Seth is on the line. And Seth, I've been holding you out all week uh, because I wanted you to have a special spot here to start the show off on open line Friday. What's on your mind, Seth? Well, if you'd let me, you know, let me speak at 10 o'clock with one minute to go, that, you know, then nobody would be concerned about the first caller. <laughs> That's true. So what's, what's on your mind today? To, I would have liked to talk to the mayor yesterday and thank him and the city council and the parks the people or the recreational people for doing the responsible thing and uh, canceling the marathon this, this time around. Okay. Yeah, you're not. This isn't tongue in cheek. You're serious, right? I am, okay. and uh, because um, there's uh, if this virus really exists, and if it's really as deadly as everyone says it is, and masks and precautions and uh, bus drivers and all of that being exposed and yeah. and the like, and um, uh, have you ever attended the uh, location in? Uh, Central at the start? No, I've never been to the start line. I almost almost every and I've I've covered the marathon for a newspaper and radio for many many years, and I always end up at the finish line or every once in a while some somewhere in the middle. But I've never been to the start. That seems to be the entire situation for everybody on the council and anywhere that makes these decisions. And uh, of course, it, it's a complete upset uh, to the life uh, of the residents of Central. And uh, under the current uh, circumstances with the fire dangers and all of that, um, they, in the past, and I think last year they cut it back to 44, but in the past they had let 64 fires Oof. burn, uh, not in it. containers, so that a gust of wind would send it into a uh, vacant field full of uh, grass. Yeah, and, and years like this year where we didn't get the monsoonal rains and it's dry as tinder, that's that's just a terrible idea, Seth. Well, and um, uh, in addition to the fires, there's a, a, a problem, of course, with uh, we don't have enough porta potties in southern Utah. Mm. And so you spring them up and down the road two or three or four at a time every two miles, 
and there's only 200 left to be in Central, and there's seven, 8,000 people um, sitting by the fires and waiting to go to the toilet. At 5 or 6 in the morning when just about everyone needs to go. Well, and if you're, uh, I ran the marathon, so yes, you want to empty your bladder because if you're uh, running that race, but with these temperatures, but not like in October, um, I think I drank 120 ounces and didn't need to go to the bathroom, even hours after the race, just drink, 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 trying to hydrate. Came, Came out through your sweat glands, I guess, huh? Oh, it did. I, I wondered where it was all going, and, and uh, you know, there's some of me on the road. But <laughs> in addition to the fire and all of that sort of thing, uh, last Sunday, are you acquainted with a fire that started with a transformer blowing out again? Uh, another one. You told me about one last week. Yes, another one blew. This time, the wind was blowing from the north. And the power station, Rocky Mountain, blew a transformer. I caught and talked to the engineers there. They indicate those transformers are 32 years of age and that one of them blew out. This is a second one. And that this time it caused an, a fire. And we had bombers and choppers and water trucks and BLM and all of those people uh, fighting uh, two or three hours with that fire out. And luckily, had that fire got started, the wind reverses direction and blows from the south, which means our subdivision would have been in danger. Mm, yeah. And so uh, the situation, this is a, the fire currently burning up on Pine Valley uh, right now, fires all around us. And so this may be the perfect year for this to happen. I know you talked about in the past, Seth, about them uh, seeding the clouds and putting stuff in there that maybe they shouldn't put. But it should be nice if we had some clouds to seed right now. All we have is a little bit of smoke. Uh, yeah, lots of smoke. And, of <laughs> course, anybody with lung problems uh, yeah. is finding it more and more difficult. To say, and we spend a lot of time sneezing. Even this morning, I went out and picked 32 pounds of peaches off my peach tree for wow. Sale tomorrow, organic uh, peaches at the farmer's market. Hmm. Now, where's this farmer's market at? On the corner, going to Pine Valley. Oh, okay. Highway 18, of course, next week it'll be the Corn Fest. Awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah, the Corn Fest up in Enterprise, love that. They have the sweetest corn in the world. I don't know how they do it, uh, Seth. Well, uh, they know what they're doing, and I, I'm good friends with Jack Holt, the uh, uh, farmer up there. There's other people that grow it, but he's probably the predominant one, and they deliver it to Central so people don't have to drive 30 miles round trip to Enterprise to get it. Very nice. And it Very comes nice. right out of the field. They have the trailers, and it's stacked in great big containers and ready for purchase. Very nice. Corn Fest, Peach Fest, I guess, this weekend, uh, tomorrow, though, right? For right. you? Yep. Organic peaches. Awesome. Awesome. All right, sir. All right, Seth. Thanks for the call today. Thank you. Seth is uh, is on the air. We we'll have him on every Friday. Give him a, give him a chance to get on his uh, on his uh, pedestal there, his his pulpit, his uh, soapbox. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, yeah. Now the uh, lines are open for the rest of you. Six seven three five eight ninety. Please call in and be a part of the show. What's on your mind? There's a rally going right now, an anti uh, face coverings rally. Uh, there's folks that are pretty fired up about uh, about their kids having to wear masks. Uh, kids and and well, maybe their relatives had teaching or staff members at the school. 
Uh, I have one child left in high school, and she has to wear a mask at work and at home, or and at school, not at home. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, you know it's been a challenge. She uh, she came home yesterday after what six or seven hours of school and six hours at work, and you can imagine that you know if you have to wear a mask for, uh, of course you get a break or two in the middle there, but if you have to wear a mask for twelve hours a day, that is that's a challenge. So. I guess the mask thing comes down to, or does it? Does it come down to, okay, uh, let's do it because we're kind and we want to make sure we don't hurt other people? Does it come down to, uh, it's really doing, uh, it's really effective? Does it come down to, well, I'm going to be obedient and they're asking me to do it? What does the mask argument come down to you, uh, come down to for you? Uh, in Provo, uh, they have, uh, and, and it's pretty hard to get, on Fox uh, National News and on their website and on their on on the, on the Fox News, it's pretty hard to get there. Uh, in Provo, they did a story on Fox News about uh, how you could be charged if you don't wear a mask to school, whether you're a teacher or principal or student, you could technically be charged with a misdemeanor. Now the governor came back and said, "Well, you know, we're probably not going to really do that, but technically, you you could get charged." Uh, I, my understanding was you just got kicked out of school, which is a harsh enough punishment. But uh, or or you could lose your job, I guess, if you're a teacher. But uh, all right, let's let's see where people land on this side of things and what it really means. Uh, caller, you're on with Andy this morning. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Is that me? Yep. Hey, thanks for taking my call. It all boils down to free agency, the war in heaven. It was pretty clear where we chose to go. Mm-hmm. what we chose and it's that simple so many people out here trying to take everybody else's free agency away and in the process they're going to lose their own freedoms mm. it's it's that simple i can't believe that people are being so mean and so vindictive to the non-mask wearers it's unbelievable to me what what I'm witnessing happen in this country. Yeah, is it, we got to stand up. I'm so proud of all those people that are down there. I'd be there if I wasn't working. But yeah, me too. Thank you. <laughs> all right, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's 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 interesting that maybe that's the thing that bothers me the most is they've turned neighbor against neighbor friend against friend they have snitch lines now uh, you can make a phone call you can uh, you know if your student won't wear a mask at school they're calling you at home and they're saying hey your kid's not wearing a mask and uh yeah then then you've got to got to deal with all the repercussions there let's go back to the phone lines caller you're on with andy this morning how are you happy friday andy happy friday to you how are you feeling today Oh, I'm sick of this heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Holy cow. Not, not even kidding around. And then we're going to have humidity, hopefully rain, on uh, Sunday or Monday. Oh, I hope so, because humidity with this heat is going to be even, more, even worse. Yep, yep. Oh, well, let's see. When it comes to this whole thing going on with masks, I've studied a lot of history, and this resembles something that Germany went through starting in the 30s and ending in the late 80s. Really? That long? Yeah. Yeah. Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. You know, because they had people snitching on their neighbors. They did. You know, and uh, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting close to having little special law enforcement groups running around targeting people. 
Wow. Because you don't do what you're told to do. Imagine a new, uh, uh, some kind of new uh, special force being formed to, to get people who aren't complying. <laughs> you know, uh, I was going to go on to the second part of what uh, Germany dealt with called East Germany, and they had a thing called the Stasi. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's next. Mm. We'll have our own little Stasi here in America. And, you know, using the premise of masks, I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? If you're going to go totalitarian, you got to start somewhere. you got to have some crisis that you can take advantage of to get the ball rolling. And uh, I don't know if anybody paid any attention to the uh, Democrat convention, but old Joe, <laughs> folks, if you elect him, he's going to force you to wear a mask. That's what he said. I will mandate it for every citizen. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. And so... How's he going to enforce it? Well, I mean, if it's mandated, does that mean a law? And if it's a law, then I guess you break the law, you get fined or arrested, right? Yeah. So, hmm. Like I said, you know, it. it, it I, you know, when I got out of the military in 1994, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would see the United States the way it is today. Yeah. Yeah. I never it's, thought. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. You know, especially as a veteran who served. You know, because uh, there's this silly thing in our oath that we take to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of, again, United States of America. Joe Biden moment there, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Mm. We, we, we got a few of those domestic enemies right now, man. What, what, do we, what can we do about it? Well, yeah, you know, and, and the sad part is they're very in your face, they're very front and center, and they're very, very proud of who they are. And again, you know, and, and I've even seen here in southern Utah, I've seen some signs in people's yards supporting Black Lives Matter. Yep. Now, I don't know if they are truly supporting and know who Black Lives Matter is, or if they're just being duped like a lot of people are. I, I, I feel like it's naivete. They, they don't understand what's really happening. That's what I feel like. I hope you're right, Andy. I really hope you're right. Because if not, we've got some very, very dangerous people living here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to snitch on a neighbor. I don't want to be one of those snitches. But what my neighbor had a giant mural drawn in chalk on their, on their driveway. And because it hasn't rained in forever, it's been on their driveway for months now about BLM, supporting BLM. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and that's the glorious thing about this country. We have amendments to the Constitution and a Constitution that protect freedom of speech, freedom mm -hmm. of expression. Mm -hmm. However, in this day and age, it's you have it as long as you're on the approved side. Yeah. So again, oh, yeah. it's getting more and more like Nazi Germany or East Germany of the communist era. And and it's scary and it's very sad. Here's here's the thing that that I, I'm thinking about now as you're talking is where did we go wrong? What where is it? I mean, how are all these people raised to think that communism and socialism is good? That the government should give us everything, including uh, health care uh, and food, for that matter. And, and that this was okay, and that I, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time connecting. Who, who screwed up along the way? Was it us parents of this, the parents of the current generation that's making all this noise? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb, mm -hmm. 
And I'm going to say that it happened in the <coughs> revolution of the 60s. Mm. Ooh, okay. Because you go back and look at that, the anti-Vietnam movement and everything, that thing was funded top to bottom and pushed by communists and socialists. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the training began, which has culminated in the professors we have poisoning the minds of our children in these universities today. And then that spreads because the teachers are trained that way. And now we're starting to indoctrinate children all the way into kindergarten. And apparently, I just heard it earlier today, um, I think it's in Tennessee, but I may be wrong. But in some state, they're basically making parents sign a piece of paper. Your kid can come back to school as long as you're not going to look into or pay attention to what we're teaching your children. Wow. Wow. And, you know, okay, so our teachers right now, uh, let's say uh, elementary school teachers, they're going to be 30 years old, maybe between 25, between 23 and 35 usually. Don't have too many teachers at for that age of students that are that, are that much older. So we're talking about people that were born in the, maybe the 80s or 90s. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, I... I, I I tell the story and when I when my kids were in elementary school I'm not going to say which elementary school it was but we we used to go you know how elementary school you go to an assembly and the kids are putting on a play or they're doing that and they're getting awards or whatever and I'm very uh, you know I, I I'm pretty uh, traditional pretty old school and I just remember going to going to these uh, these assemblies and thing and and looking around and I'm looking at the other parents and I'm seeing tramp stamps and lip piercings and uh, you know, guys are wearing chains and leather, and 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 I'm like, wait a minute, where, where's everybody who's like me? And there weren't, I mean, you know, out of the, uh, you know, I, I remember one specific assembly, there was maybe 200 parents there, and I would say 30 out of the 200 were were traditional type people, and the rest were. Uh, for lack of a better word, non-traditional, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was stunned because what, kid, what chance does a kid have now? I mean, you think our generation now is screwed up. How about the next generation coming up? Well, each progressive step. Why do you think they call themselves progressives? Mm. You know, and the end, the end result is the Constitution is burned, the Bill of Rights are burned, and everything is under the new socialist human rights, and social justice. And for anybody out there that thinks that sounds really good, you better hope and pray you're not white. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, appreciate you calling today. All right. Great to talk to you. 673-5890 is the phone number if you want to check in on this show. How are you feeling about the mask? I know they're having a rally. I'm sure a lot of my listeners are at that rally right now, the anti-mask rally. Uh, But, uh, you know, there are a lot of you, too, that are very traditional who are like, you know what, I'm okay with the mask. If it'll help protect my fellow man, then then I'm going to wear one. And, you know what, I go to a store occasionally and, and I put a mask on and it doesn't bother me. It's not that bad. It's not that big a deal but I'm not wearing it for 12 hours a day like my like my daughter was. So uh, I, I don't know. Where, where are we falling on this argument? I have some other stuff I want to talk about, too, but let's stick with masks for a minute. The caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? Hi, good morning, Andy. Morning. Yeah, Thanks for calling. You bet. This mask thing, I haven't worn a mask since 1st of April. Mm-hmm. And I'm in, that high, I'm in that high risk thing they talk about. Yeah? If masks work, 
why can't the high-risk people wear the mask and the rest of us don't have to worry about making them sick? Because they're using that as a guilt trip. Yeah, they are. They are. And I, I said this the other day, and I'll say it again. This is the only pandemic in the history of mankind where we quarantine the healthy people. You're not yeah, supposed to quarantine yeah. the healthy. You're supposed to quarantine the sick. That's right. And I, you know, also, since these politicians and these liberals love China, and they basically showed that, I'm, I'm almost, I'm 68. I have never, ever seen a picture of China or the Chinese people when they were not wearing masks. Yeah, wear them all the time. Yep. All the time. And, you know, we know what China is, so... <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Thanks for the call today. Great to talk to you. Six seven three five eight nine zero is the phone number. Back to that story on uh, on on the the uh, Fox story it says K through twelve students and teachers in Utah could be charged with a misdemeanor for not wearing a mask as they return to classrooms. Governor Gary Herbert's office confirmed a potential penalty this week. While Utah doesn't have a statewide mask mandate, he issued an order in July requiring all students, teachers, staff, and visitors to wear face coverings on school property and buses. I had to, uh, Steve Dunham from the school district on uh, earlier this week and, and last week, and uh, he, said that, he said basically it's, it's like this. It is mandated that everyone on state property must wear a mask, and that includes uh, schools, football stadiums, t- tra- you know, tracks, uh, softball state, softball field, baseball field, basketball arenas. Everyone on school on state property must wear a mask. That is not a suggestion. That is a rule. That is a law. And they can actually kick you out. Now, interestingly, I, I broadcast sports. You know, that's that's my side job. I've been doing that for 27 years. And uh, I didn't wear a mask last week. I, you, I, do you really expect me to wear a mask while I'm broadcasting a game? I, I, I hope that they don't really expect that. Uh, I took mine off for my broadcast. I, I wore one going in. I wore one going out. But I'm not going to wear one during a broadcast. Maybe I'm the one that's in trouble and getting... Uh, charged with a misdemeanor, uh, a misdemeanor here. All right. The, the other thing I wanted to talk about today is a new business uh, that uh, looks like it's going to be approved and open in downtown St. George. This business is not a business that will be welcomed by some, but it is a business that will be welcomed with open arms by others. We'll talk about that new business, how you feel about it, how I feel about it when uh, when we come back. It's 9.35 on a Friday morning. I'm feeling a little cantankerous, I guess, probably because I didn't get enough sleep the last couple of nights. But uh, I'm not grumpy. I'm just a little cantankerous. It is Open Line Friday. We'd love to hear from you. 673-5890. In a moment, I'm going to talk about a business that's going to be opening in St. George. But let's go right to the phones first. A caller, you're on with Andy this morning. Thanks for waiting through the break. What's on your mind? Hi, is that, that me? Yeah, that's you. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, I've, I've worked in the OR for a number of years, and we all wear masks. And um, the, the funny thing about masks is if you wear one, it keeps you from spreading it, but if you wear a mask, it won't keep you from getting it. Does that make sense? Sure. You know, and so I've, I've heard a couple of people uh, kind of get it wrong a little bit, 
about what the mask actually does. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, and, and I look at it this way too. If, if that's the case, if you wear a mask to keep you from spreading it, then if you're not going to wear a mask, then that seems a little selfish to me. It seems a little self-centered. So, um, that's my opinion on it. And, um, you know, well, it's interesting I about it. I, I, I appreciate you calling. You know, we had uh, way back in the first Wednesday or first, yeah, first Wednesday of March, we had Dr. Blodgett on and uh, the the issue of masks came up. This was before it was really widely spread. And he said exactly, exactly what you said. He said, well, I don't think, I don't think you should wear a mask, you know, to keep you from getting the disease or the virus. Right. But, right. but he said, yeah, but he said the only the only reason you should wear a mask is if you potentially have it and could be spreading it. And he said he said exactly what you said. Yeah. So anyway, I, I think we need to change our thinking a little bit about it. You know, it's not, you know, agency and everything. I, you know, it's just consideration for somebody else. That's That's what I see. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Let's go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, Andy. Morning. I'd like I'd like to uh, address a question that you and the uh, previous caller were asking. Well, how did we get here? Yeah. And you know, it's not really difficult. Uh, you just have to look around. And I think Ronald Reagan said it the best. And I'd like to read his quote. It's very short. Okay. What he says is, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Oh, wow. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. The problem is we haven't taught our children and our grandchildren what America is about. You know, I caught a lot of flack about six, eight months ago because I brought up uh, one basic question. What is the proper role of government? And I'm sure you'll recall that. Mayor Pike wasn't real happy. You weren't real happy because it seemed like this repetitive thing. What's your point? What's your point? Well, I think the relevance of that should be glaringly clear today. Is the proper role of government to tell you you can't open your business or you have to wear a mask? No. So what is the proper role of government? Hmm. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go down that rabbit hole with you. I'm gonna say the proper role of government is to uh, fend off anarchy to keep citizens safe. Well, not so much safe, but to protect your rights. Rights. Okay. To protect your right not to wear a mask. To protect your right to open your business if you choose. That's what the that's what the government is there for. To protect our unalienable rights. It's not their job, and, and we've lost sight of this so long ago, like Ronald Reagan says. We're only one generation away. Well, can you imagine the generation that's coming up now? They think socialism yeah. is great. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and so the problem is we haven't taught the next generation. And this goes back several decades. My parents didn't set me down and explain the Constitution and what my rights were. They, they relied on the school to do that, and the school has failed us miserably. Yeah, you're right about and that. So that's how we got here. So how do we get get out of here? Well, the first thing we got to start doing is stop letting the the government schools brainwash our kids. We need to teach them what freedom means, what the proper role of government is, and not to be a sheep. Challenge authority. The government has no right to make you wear a mask. 
but we let them. Yeah. Yeah, well, they say if you want this, you mu- you will do that, and and I mean they're extorting us basically. Right. Well, the first thing we need to do is stop electing uh, politicians that don't understand the the Constitution. They all take oaths to uphold it, but I doubt if one in a in a thousand could explain it to you. Are there in your mind? Are there politicians right now in elected office that are 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 doing that or trying to, to do that? Mike Lee or somebody like that. Uh, precious few. Uh, precious Mike Lee, I used to have a great deal of respect for him. He certainly does understand the Constitution, but why would he vote against it? you got people like Ron Paul, who, of course, is no longer, and his son ran, Ted Cruz. There, there are people out there that are trying, but they're swimming up the waterfall. And uh, we need mm-hmm. to stop sending all of these clowns. Romney? We, we just elected Romney two years ago. Yeah. We're, we're, we're as much of a problem as any other liberal state. Well, you know, and and I'm not going to defend him for sure, but I, I will say this: he he talked a good game, you know. They he, all do. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Well, they they all do. Listen to Biden, and of course, I didn't. I wouldn't waste a a second of my time listening to him because it's a re, it's a broken record. But this guy's got all the platitudes and all the right things, and boy, we're gonna we're gonna make fix all this. He's been in there for 50 years. Yeah. Name one thing that he's done that's actually protected our freedom, or uh, returned us to the proper role of government. You can't point out one thing, and neither can he. No, no, he did take care of his son really well with an eighty thousand dollar a job energy job. But, yeah, uh, they all actually do that. He's highlighted right now, but I guarantee you, you dig into the past of any of these guys, and they've all got sweetheart deals. They all legally can insider trade. Did you know that? I did not. The Senate. And the House of Representatives have the right to insider information, and they can trade and act upon that. So Absolutely true. Look it up. Martha Stewart's going to go to jail for it, but they, but they can do it free and clear. And when that happened, the mm. Congress immediately changed the law for two years, and then the law went right back the way it was, and they continue to play their games. That's almost we're as unethical. That's almost as yeah, unethical as voting yourself a raise. <laughs> well, it is. We're the, we're the fools, though. We yeah. the people are the ones that allow it. We get to vote for them every two, four, or six years, and we just keep sending them back. You know, when we're looking for the, the solution and the blame, we should look in the mirror. We're the ones that are voting. Yeah, pro- problem is, I, I feel like, is you're voting for the lesser of the evils, and those well, are your only choices. And I guess the, the way to fix that is to I don't know, find somebody that's not, not evil. Mm. Well, we need to stop spending our time watching TV and doing all the things we want. We need to take back over the political machine, which means that we got to throw most of the bones out, and we have to stop letting the parties choose who we get to vote for. We didn't pick Biden or Trump. No, nope. the system did. Yeah, yeah. All right, I got got to move on. Thank, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Six seven three five eight ninety. I know uh, some of you've been trying to get through, and we went, we'll get to all your phone. Actually, let's go right now. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you? Yeah, I just like to good morning anyway, Andy. Morning. I just like to just uh say amen to what the previous caller just said. But and also I wanna congratulate Mayor Park. He 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 gets the blunt of everything because he, Saint George seems to be the, the hub of everything. But I I don't really agree with what he says and he always has the answer for everything, but he he does come on and uh take the the calls that a lot of them aren't positive but I just feel like uh, a lot of the ma- we we should be blaming a lot of the mayors in the area here. They're the ones that are buying in not only to the COVID but also um, 
becoming very socialistic. Uh, you know, yesterday Mayor Pike mentioned about the electric train. Yeah, it's still gonna, it's still going to be tax money. I mean, I don't care how you what you do; it's still tax money. But and then a lot of these mayors are allowing uh, uh, people to do things. You know, like uh, the Dixie Hospital right now. They want to take that away from yeah. us. They want to do away with all the D's and everything. But that's not what I call about. Uh, the the caller two calls ago talked about. You know, we wear masks so we don't uh, spread it. But that's that's if. I'm going to get it. I'm more likely to die from something else, such as a cold or the influenza or whatever it is. So he he, he is one-sided. What he wants is wear a mask, but he doesn't ha- have consideration for those of us who don't want to wear a mask. What they what pe- what they have to be saying is, if you're not going to wear a mask, I won't wear a mask. It's it's a fifty-fifty type thing. He he should be he should be saying, okay, I'm. You're going to not die from this, and you, if you have it, you might, but your chances are very slim. Yeah. So let's just not wear masks, all of us. But he needs to be this person that called two calls ago needs to be considered of all of us, us too, that don't believe that we're going to die from. I'm, I'm in my seventies, mm-hmm. and I don't. My chances of dying from are almost zero. And at least you know, I mean, if I if I die, I mean, if I go to a rest home or if I have a previous sickness or something like that, yeah, I might die. But people don't die; just they get out of bed and get the the COVID. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. I, I, my chance again, unless I have a, other underlying causes, are not likely. So we should, we need to allow people who don't want to wear masks not to have to wear them. That's where I'm coming from. I think it's personally it's a joke, but uh, a lot right. of these mayors have bought into it. So all right, well, well said. I appreciate the phone call. Uh, a couple of thoughts on that. First of all, about the mayor. Uh, Mayor John Pike, you may not like his answers, but I'm with the caller on this one. Uh, the fact that he comes on and will face the music and take the calls is pretty impressive. I can tell you this, and I've been doing this show now a year and a half. Uh, there are guests that come in that ask that I don't take calls. There are guests, especially the big-time guests, and I'm not going to name any names, but we're talking about the, you know, the U.S. senator-type people who said, uh, I would prefer you not open up the phone lines. And I defend, I defend my show, and I say, would well, people have a right? And most of the time, most of the time, they'll be like, all right, I guess, I guess we could take a call or two. But uh, every once in a while, they're like, I, I'm not coming on your show unless you, you don't take calls. And that's, you know, that, that puts me in an awkward position because this is a call-in show. But uh, kudos to John Pike. He's never once said, oh, I don't want to take calls today. In fact, it's quite the opposite. He said, he, he said I look forward to taking calls and seeing what, what's on people's minds. So uh, good on you there. The other thing about the masks, uh, my wife is, has asthma. I don't like to use her for an example, but uh, as you know, we're religious people. We went to church a few weeks ago, and uh, about halfway through our church meeting, she took her mask down. And, uh, you know, it was, it was quiet. I didn't want to talk. But after the meeting, I said, why did you, why did you take your mask off? She said, well, I, I couldn't breathe. I was getting dizzy. I was about to pass out. If I didn't get some air, I was going to pass out. And I was like, there's another good reason besides all the other reasons we've talked about where masks are not necessarily the be all end all uh you know we definitely need to stay conscious all right let's take one more call and then i gotta get a commercial break in caller you're on with andy what's up yeah hi andy hi you know 
there's a I'm in a situation where I probably have more contact with the people who want to wear and don't wear a mask there is. Mm-hmm. At this point, I don't want to really say what that is just for my own safety. Okay. Okay. But I I talk to thousands of people. They not talk, but I mean, I see them and I go through the mask thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm yelled at. I'm screamed at. I'm, I'm, people come up to me and, and they just say all kinds of horrible things to me. Really? You know? Yeah. And they want me to enforce laws that are not on the books. They want me to do all kinds of stuff, you know, and it's, it's scary. And, and this is, you in know? this is right here in, in town? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. But someday I'll, when this thing's over, I'm going to call you and I'm, I'm going to tell you the story. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, it's not a law. I don't care what the governor, the governor says, unless the legislature passes it, it is not a law. You're right. It is not a law. And so, you know, um, I just, you know, if somebody wants to wear one, they wear one. If they don't, they don't, you know. Right, right. And, and they certainly shouldn't be verbally or physically accosted just because of one decision or the other either way. No, but, you know, in other places of this country, people have been killed for trying to enforce the mask thing. Yeah, yeah, you it, know? it's unbelievable. But, you know, you brought up something just a second ago about, you know, some of your guests don't want don't want uh, phone, phone calls. Yeah, they've asked. I've had guests say, please don't take any calls oh, tonight. And I called you the other day, and you had a guest. And I kind of put that person in, into a spot, and all of a sudden the phone was hung up. And I didn't think you did it. I think that he gave you a signal to to do it. And, you know, I don't think that's right when they are public figures. I think that we should be able to allow even to press them just a little bit, you know. But what was the situation? Because I don't recall doing that. Well, no, it was the mayor of, of, of Ivan's. Okay. And I called and talked to him, and I brought up a point where he and I have got emails galore, and I can back up everything, and and I brought a point up, and boom, all of a sudden, that phone went dead. Hmm. And, uh, you know, and I felt like maybe he gave you the signal with his hand across his throat or something. <laughs> no, he didn't but, do that, no. But, you, you know, uh, but, you know, when, you know, when there are things going on in our life and we have public figures who we are paying and what they do affects each one of our lives, I think that, you know, we can press them a little bit. You know, we don't have to be mean, but we can press them a little bit. We should. You know, you know, to get answers. So in the future, you know, when that's going on and stuff, maybe just think about that. And, you know, it's not just me. I know it happens to others. And, you know, uh, we need to get answers. We do, and sometimes that's the, on your show. Maybe the only place we can do it. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you calling yeah. in and, and being a part of it. Thank you for the call today. Yeah, all right. Take care. 
952. I got to get a commercial break in and uh, then we'll take your calls. And I, I still have that business I wanted to talk about and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, first of all, Joe Shoney, local loan consultant who uh, focuses on customer service. He's a, he's a guy who can fix you up with the home loan. Or you need a home equity line if you need a refinance. I mean, the interest rates net right now are crazy good. Give Joe Shoney a call at 435 590 He averages an astonishing 4 0.92 out of five stars online with over uh, 400, 400 internet reviews. And uh, like I said, most of those are five stars. It's pretty good stuff. In the summer of 1990, I guess I should play some music here. There we go. And yeah, welcome back to the Andy Griffin Show. We're short on time, about five minutes left. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to tell a quick story. Maybe we can take a phone call or two when I'm done. Uh, in the summer of 1991, uh, with college degree in hand, uh, I took a job in Moscow, Idaho, to be a sports writer up there. And uh, Moscow, Idaho is an interesting town. Not real big, smaller than St. George. Uh, just one high school uh, in town. A bunch of smaller high schools in the surrounding area. But Moscow is a border town with the state of Washington. Moscow is also a college town. Uh, in Moscow is the University of Idaho. Uh, and then uh, just across the border into Washington is Pullman, Washington, where the uh, Washington State University is located. Now, when I lived there back in the early 90s, uh, the drinking age in Idaho was 19. The drinking age in Washington State was 21. So, as you might imagine, all the college kids uh, ages uh, 19 to 21, they traveled the seven miles from Pullman to Moscow to drink. And Moscow became known as a party town uh, for good reason. Moscow had more bars per capita than any town in America. More bars per capita than anywhere in the, in the whole country. Um, so it was known for that. <clears throat> and uh, it was uh, popular among the college kids. And on a Friday or Saturday night between the you know, September 1st and May 30th, there was always a party going on in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, Moscow, Idaho also had one other distinction. It was number one in two things. It was number one in America in bars per capita. It was also number one in America in suicides per capita. Now, you can draw your own conclusions on that. I know how I think and what I feel. Uh, but uh, not a big fan of the bar uh, for, for that reason and others. Uh, it was announced, I believe it was Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, that uh, uh, St. George City uh, is uh, considering approving a, a huge bar, a, a large and upscale bar at the City View uh, apartment complex on the ground floor there. Uh, this bar would feature uh, up to 50 taps, which I guess are beer kegs. I don't know. I'm not a drinker. Uh, also, uh, hundreds of uh, wines. And, of course, a hard liquor and food, and they would have a separate room for billiards and darts and things like that. So uh, a big consideration put together uh, to put a bar in. I actually asked the mayor about this on Thursday, and he said, well, I, I'm looking forward to discussing it. And I know that that was a, actually one of the original plans of the developer of City View way back in the day. So what the mayor said was basically, yeah, we knew about this a long time ago. And uh, I don't know if they tried to keep it under wraps or if nobody uh, thought to ask the question, but uh, it came out in the news earlier this week that they're planning on having a big giant bar right there downtown St. George. And uh, I, you know, I, I said to the mayor, I said, well, 
this to me, Mayor, this really sounds like you've got the old school St. George folks that have been here a long time and like their tradition, the spirit of Dixie, the conservatism, the, uh, you know, the, the, Honestly, the, you know, the, the way some of the outside world hasn't really touched it. We don't have that many DUIs. We don't have that many, uh, you know, gangs and drugs. Not that they don't exist, but they're not prevalent here. And I said that, that that is a direct contrast to the people that have lived here and established this place and the people that are coming in from outside, whether it's uh, from, I don't know, California, Nevada, uh, somewhere else, and maybe out of the out of the. Uh, West, you know, maybe the Midwest, uh, maybe it's even out of the country, but the, there's no doubt that St. George is changing a lot. And uh, part of that change is uh, the idea that we would have this giant upscale bar in downtown St. George. Now, like I said, I'm not a drinker. Maybe my uh, perspective is tainted, but how do you feel about that? Let's go right to the phone line. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Hey, so here's a fact. Nobody moved to St. George for the bars. Everybody that came here... Mm-hmm. Moved here for other great things. Nobody came here for the bars. Why are we putting one up now? Yeah, great. You you said what I was thinking. Thank you for doing that. I agree with you right. completely. Uh, and and uh, that's a great phone call. I, I wanted to say that, and he was he was quick and he was succinct, and and he said what I'm feeling. You're moving. You that have moved here in the last year or two or five or are moving now, you're moving to St. George. Why? Why are you coming here? Are you coming here because we don't have a lot of crime? Are you coming here because uh, we don't have a lot of, we don't have DUIs, we don't have bars, we don't, is that why you're coming here? And if so, then do you want those things? Are you leaving where you were because of those things? Are you leaving there because of crime and, 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 and gangs or maybe uh, oppressive rules? I don't know what the answer is. I know this. I don't want a big bar in downtown St. George. I don't want the possibility that I could be driving some evening uh, home from a ball game or, or wherever from getting an ice cream with my family and get hit by a drunk driver because he has to drive home from the giant bar in the middle of St. George. I don't like that one bit. 